You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 665. And what I find is that when you give sellers, you know, a cash offer is great, right? If they'll accept that for speed and convenience. And a lot of times investors that think if they're not willing to sell their property for pennies on a dollar, they're not motivated. Right. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes they're motivated, but your offer just doesn't work. And so what I find is give them a couple of options, right? Both of the options making sense for you. And then you'll find it actually increases your conversion uh, quite a bit. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hey guys, Darren Bentley here, and welcome to another episode of the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And today, Brent Daniels is going to be speaking with creative financing expert, Brian Eregbu. And Brian is going to share some next level strategies on how to profit on almost every deal. As wholesalers, we are often throwing away tons of leads because so few of them actually meet the 70% rule, and you just can't make it work on these things or so you thought. Imagine for a moment being able to profit regardless of how much equity is in the house. What would that do for your business? Well, Brian Eregbu is going to show you how to profit on these deals today and why it is so much easier than you actually might think. Enjoy. The majority of sellers don't want to sell their property for pennies on the dollar, man. Right. I mean, we're normally dealing with, I don't know, let's say four to eight percent of the population, would you say? Somewhere along. And what I find is that when you give sellers, you know, a cash offer is great, right? If they'll accept that for speed and convenience. And a lot of times investors that think if they're not willing to sell their property for pennies on a dollar, they're not motivated. Right. That's not necessarily true. Sometimes they're motivated, but your offer just doesn't work. And so what I find is give them a couple of options, right? Both of the options making sense for you. And then you'll find it actually increases your conversion. Uh, quite a bit. So that's the reason I do it. And man, you know, I use that strategy when I had a job working 50 to 70 hours a week. And it still allowed me to keep up with, you know, investors at the time that was working full time. And I barely had just a glimpse of time to invest in the real estate business, but it still allowed me to pick up deals by adding that to the, uh, you know, the tool belt. And that's, that's basically the reason I do it. I love it. And we talked about, you know, the foundation of real estate investing is finding discounted properties, right? And then you've got a lot of different things, right? You've got fix and flip, you got your rental portfolio, you got development, you've got uh, be in the bank, you've got all these different things, but it starts with finding those motivated sellers. Now, they might not be motivated to take a cash offer, but they're motivated to right. do something. So when a lead comes into you, Brian, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Are you putting it through some sort of like mental filter that you're like, okay, right. let's see, their situation's this, this, and this. I think that I'm going to go with this approach and give them a cash offer. And if not, I'll back up and I'll do something that's more creative. Like, how do you process that in, in your brain? Man, great question. So look, I love your framework. We do the exact same thing you do. Like, I don't like to make things, uh, you know, complicated. People think creative finance, they think you're doing mental gymnastics. Right. No, no, no. You can just add a couple of just more things, right? That's real simple. You know, you're doing a layup. Okay, add a little jump shot. 
a few more things. So this is what it looks like. Lead comes in, we qualify the same way you qualify for motivation, the reason for selling, what happens if you don't sell, the condition, the timeline, the asking price, mm -hmm. the reason for selling. And then we normally give an option, uh, a offer range. If we find with tug of war that this isn't going to be a fit, then we present another offer. And a lot of times, depending on the situation, we'll make both offers at the same time and we'll just assume the close. You know, Mr. Seller, based on everything you shared with us, which one seems like a better fit for you? And just shut up. And I'm telling you, man, it works like magic. And so you go in with a cash offer that's obviously the price is is going to be lower. And then you go in with Deep what other account. what other option is this? I guess it depends yeah. on the situation, right? If they have, okay, if they so own it free back and clear, it yeah. Back it up. You asked about the framework. So yep. property has a mortgage. Obviously, you know, this is going to be subject to, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be taken over the existing, you know, uh, loan. Now, what we're looking at typically on this is, Will it cash flow? Can the property pay for itself? Right. That's mm -hmm. what we're looking for. And if it doesn't cash flow, if it doesn't pay for itself, does that mean it's a bad deal? No. We may do something like assign it. Right. We might assign it to someone else or we might structure it on a seller finance, a.k.a. a wraparound mortgage. Mm -hmm. Right. And assign that to a retail buyer because retail buyers they're not looking for equity at cash flow. They pay top dollar. And so if we can, if that sub two won't cash flow, but it's still at a rate that uh, someone is willing to pay that much because they're going to lay their head there every night, we'll still be able to profit off that deal. If it's free and clear, that second offer, seller finances, of course. And that's what's exciting, right? So a couple of different yeah. things that I want to kind of pull apart there is yeah. one is if they if they do have a mortgage and maybe there's not a lot of equity, Brian, we've been having, this has been bananas. In our own business here in Phoenix, we're locking up sub two deals and it is like mm -hmm. a feeding frenzy when we put it out to assign that deal. Listen, I could keep them. I could I could do that. Uh, I choose yeah. to to keep that side and, and assign and right, see right. what's going on there. But it is a feeding frenzy. So even if they don't have a tremendous amount of equity, if you're able to put together a really solid sub two deal, people will right. pay you for those. People will pay you ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a pop to be able to add that to their portfolio and not have to go get a conventional loan every day of the week. And the second part is every you night. really want to make a ton? You really want to assign that? Sell it to somebody that's going to live there. You know what I mean? Just Absolutely. like you said, sell it to somebody right. that's going to live there. Now, the other side is the creative financing. So let's just, mm -hmm. for everybody that's not really sure, you know, what that means, essentially, for the most part, these, these properties are owned free and clear, right? Or they've got a very mm -hmm. significant amount of equity, but let's just say that they're free and clear for this example. Then you go in and you approach them as being the bank. Now, in your experience, Brian, is it because they don't want to pay a lot in taxes? Is it because they don't know what to do with the money? Is it because they want more for the property than you're willing to give them for a cash offer? Ding, ding. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So when you're going- so it's, it's usually that. It's usually that they're not strapped or stressed for cash. They don't really have an emergency or pressing need. And if there's a way that you can give them more money and it doesn't scare them, they're willing to do it. I love it. So how do you structure that? Do you- put together a note? Do you put together a lease agreement with a purchase? Do you put together, you know, do, do you have somebody handle the paperwork for you, like a closing attorney Absolutely. or title company? Like, how does that work? 
So we write up the agreement, whatever. So Brent, if I'm looking to purchase your property, seller finance from you right now, your property's worth a hundred thousand. I shot you a cash offer, fifty to seventy thousand dollars, depending on the repairs. You say kick rocks, get out of my house, or you know, hang up, right? Yeah. And I offer you an offer of let's say eighty thousand dollars for that exact same property. I would offer you forty to fifty thousand, Brent. We would actually write that agreement up, right? $80,000. I normally don't just throw out interest. I don't negotiate against myself. I love this. Insist, I love this. Yes. If they insist, we're, we're probably going to start talking there, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start at, you know, rock bottom, but we would put that $80,000. We would put the term, we would put the interest rate at that point, Brent, I'm going to let the experts do what the experts do. I'm a real estate investor. Pass that contract over to an attorney, a real estate, a real estate attorney or title company. They're going to draw up a promissory note. Mm-hmm. They're going to draw up a deed of trust here in the state. We're in, we're in Texas. So that's the actual instrument yep. that allows the seller to foreclose and take the property back in the event that I default. Right. So they have their protection as well. So yep. that's what happened. Did you hear what he said, everybody? He said he lets the experts take care of it. He's a real estate investor. His job is to go find the discounted properties and the deals and the opportunities and run a team and the business and cherry pick the deals that he wants to keep. He's not going out there like, you know, getting scientific with every line of the promissory note or the contract you know what, or anything, right? You know, you know what, Brent? And it's funny because a lot of people are so scared of creative finance because they're like, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm not the expert. Yep. Check it out. You know, sellers respect honesty. They respect mm-hmm. if you just kind of a straight uh, upfront with them. So if you don't know the answer to a question, guess one of the best responses. You know, Mr. Seller, that's a great question. Let me get with my real estate attorney. I'll have an answer for you by five o'clock. Is that mm-hmm. fair? You know, let me speak with blank experts, and that they feel that they're comforted because you're surrounded with a team of experts. So. It's the Make truth. We don't need to know everything. And don't lie. Just tell them. You know, I don't know. I know we can put this together. I'm going to let them worry about all of the technical paperwork, but let's you and I work on the price and terms and we'll get this settled and figured out and as smooth as possible. And if they believe that and they remember when you're negotiating uh, with a with a property owner, it comes down to three things, the price, the terms and whether or not they want to work with you. That's it. So if they want to work with you, just work out those other two, let the paperwork get done by the experts, and you're off and running looking for other opportunities because you know, as well as I do, Brian, sometimes you fall into the black hole of like, I need to protect this deal. I need this deal to close. Oh my gosh, it's so precious. It's so beautiful. But you had, I mean, you had a 50, 70 hour, you know, a week job. You couldn't afford to do that, worry about all this and like not sleep and, you know, go through all the brain damage. So you went and you set it up with people that you trust and you rock and roll. So let me ask you about that. Let me go back in in case people don't really know, because I want to give them the heat early because I think that that's so great. But you, how did you get into real estate? It sounded like you had a a nice career going on. What happened? Yeah. (laughs) Man, I wanted freedom. Like you, Brent, it's a, what's today? Today's a, I don't even know. It's Wednesday. We do our distributions meetings on Wednesday. It's a Wednesday and you're inside of a set recording videos and doing what you want to do. I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that. And and that's what happened. I did have a great job, Fortune 3 company, but man, I just want a little bit of freedom. So uh, like everybody else, I was searching on YouTube ways to make money. I know it sounds shallow and I, I seen a bunch of scammy looking stuff, but you know, I kept seeing people like you and I was like, man, these people are, these people are real. Like yeah. people are really doing this. And so I took my shot at real estate and, and you know, you hear people say buy houses with no money, no credit. 
That sounds like a I'm going to be on. I'm going to tell you that sounds like a scam. Of course. I'm going to it's but it's not, man, and it's real and it's it'll change your life. Yeah, for sure. So with your team, how are you guys going out and sourcing your leads? Like what's your lead generation look like? Right. So we shifted uh more so now cold calling's our number one. Man, uh last year and the year before, honestly, man, RVMs was our top. Sure. We were killing it, right? But um, you know, the regulations and everything, man, it's it's just a lot harder. We've maneuvered so many different ways to get those messages through and it's just the delivery rate is, is just kind of coming down. So we've been beefing up cold callers. I think we have, we have eight cold callers at the, uh, at the time. So cold, cold callers are number one, man. Number two, still do a little bit of RVM. And third is Facebook. So that's our top three marketing channels right now. Fantastic. Cold calling, RVM, and then Facebook. So when these leads come in, who's working them? Is it going directly to you? Is it going to an acquisition manager, salesperson, maybe a lead manager? Where does it? Where do they go? Because right. you got eight, you got so, eight callers. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. like raining leads, right? You know what I mean? You got to filter those. So, yeah. So once the leads are filtered, right, and it's a qualified lead, these people are interested in selling. They understand that we're not retail buyers. They get assigned to one of our acquisition managers. Okay. And the acquisition managers, of course, they make that follow-up call and then they try to close the deal or contract the deal. So that's where it goes next. They contract the deal. You know, they got the contract. Everything's in Podio. They press a button. It goes to dispositions. Dispositions go does that thing and try to find a buyer for the property. That's the process. Very simple. Let me ask you about a struggle that I'm having. Okay. This is a struggle that I'm having in my business. The struggle is we have them come in. We get big deals, Brian. We we do really well at that, but there's a lot that we don't. There's a lot that we. Don't I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that we don't yeah. get, and in my mind, I don't want my acquisition managers going uh, cash and creative because I feel like they're going to lean towards the creative more than the cash, and then What's that's going to throw off cash right? flow. Right, it's going to throw off the cash flow, and then what do I pay them if we get those deals? You know, it's very, you know, it's a confusing thing. So how do you balance that out? Are you or Do they know if a property comes in that it's most likely going to be a seller finance versus a you know, traditional wholesale, or do they kind of have to work that out on their own? Yeah, so they work it out on their own, and that's okay. a that's a great thing that you said that to be to have an issue with, right? Because I'm gonna tell you an issue that was more prominent that we had because we had licensed acquisition managers, yeah, and it was kind of like, oh, if we can't wholesale it, we can list it, yeah. and if they try to convert things into a listing, they would kill the company's profit. It's like, whoa! Yeah. So that was more of a problem than what you're talking about. Yeah, for that, uh, no, because it makes more sense for the acquisition managers to contract it as a wholesale deal. They'll make more money. Right. So the only reason we would even do creative finance for them is if the seller, like, it's no way yep. we're getting the cash off accepted. And then do you just pay them a flat fee if you get it through? Because I assume that now you own this property, right? And they're like, oh, I did all right. this work. So you just give them like a flat fee or something? So check it out. It depends on how we, what type of deal it was. Okay. Right. So you remember earlier I said, let's say the deal doesn't really have any equity and it doesn't really cash flow either. Because investors buy for equity and cash flow. Yeah. So on a deal like that, we would assign it and step away. So the assignment fee is the same. It yeah. might be a ten thousand dollar assignment fee or fifteen thousand dollar assignment fee. And so you're back to the basics. You Love pay it. them a percentage based on that assignment fee. However, if it's something that I keep mm-hmm. or one of the you know my partner keeps or somebody within the company keeps, this is how we do it at our company because we promote 
everybody in our company having ownership or, or building wealth. We don't want to just be like, oh, you know, employees and we're working. So what we do is that that person, if they're taking it off the table, that they have to pay the company a $5,000 assignment fee. Love it. Smart. Right. And, and by the way, that's a so, smoking deal for them. I mean, 5000 Yeah, to get a, smoking deal. You know, a seller finance and just, deal? Every, oh, and, everybody, and everybody wins. Nobody wants to be like, oh, the company owners are getting rich and one day I'll be an investor, right? So that's how we kind of put that into our company to where employees also can buy deals. And it's really, it's really interesting. And for everybody building a team, listen to me. Keep your salespeople happy. <laughs> Keep your salespeople happy because they will make or break your business and your conversions. And I think, Brian, that is just absolutely beautiful what you just said there. Because I think a lot of times as owners, we go, hey, wait a second. I paid for the marketing. I paid for this opportunity. I want to build my own net worth. Why would I pay somebody an assignment? Oh, man. And that's what really destroys the the culture in a business. It's it's just me. Brent, I don't know if anybody else agrees. Matter of fact, I was with Steve Trang, and uh, I was talking to Max and uh, um, Ryan, you know, one of the top acquisition guys that kind of moved over. I I was talking to him, and we we all was agreeing that I really don't even like the word employees. Right. And be tossing that around the company, saying my employees, my I just say team members. You know, they're part of the team. Whether you're acquisitions, lead managers, yeah. dispo, you know, so you feel a part of something. Yeah, it's like not like, like you know. My my team comes over and my my family's there and they're like, oh, you work for Brent and I'm like, they work with me. All right, like yeah, let's, let's calm this down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah I, nobody's I, not, inferior. Yeah, yeah, I'm not overlording and ah, you know, controlling it all. And I think that's really important because once you start bringing on people, you truly work for them. They don't work for you. I mean, obviously, they have to have that motor. They have to have that engine to go out and succeed. They have to want to financially be really healthy. They don't need you like lording over them and hitting them. No. You know what I mean? No, they need Nobody they need to that. have the freedom to do what they do. So that's that's awesome. So when you get that property and you turn it in, did you have to find a specific, is it escrow or is it a closing attorney in Texas that you turn uh, escrow. in? Escrow. So when you, when you, okay, when you turn your contract for something that's creative into your, did you have to find a specific escrow officer that understood how to do those deals? Man, come, come on, Brett. <laughs> I know this is for the audience and yeah. you already know the answer to that question. This is for Education for everybody, of course, right? It's the same thing with real estate agents. Somebody, I've been an agent for 30 years, right? But there are some that still don't know half of what real estate is today, right? Sometimes you got to teach attorneys. Sometimes you got to teach title companies. Mm. Or if you don't have the, the, the bandwidth or the patience to do that, you go find someone that is competent and they understand what is going on today and the things that you actually can pull off. So yes, you got to find some people that understand that. Give me an example. I have real estate attorneys that will not touch a subject two. Right. They'll oh, touch yeah. a corner finance deal if there's no underlying lien, but a subject two, they won't touch it. But then I have some that they'll do it all day. So, yeah. That's it. And that's the, that sure. was the point. I obviously was setting that up because it's really important. No, I, I do. Find- Thank you for the hey, look. Thank you for the layup. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's, it's really important to, when you're on the team, go sure. with the experts that already know what they're doing. You don't have to learn it all. Just understand that you're working and you're trying to bring value to that property owner that's in distress. That's six to 10%. I think you said four to 6%. It, it just depends on the market. Typically, the average is about six to 10% are in distress at all times. There's plenty of opportunities. But if you open up your toolbox a little bit more with some creative um, and, and let the people handle 
the logistics, then you're going to get more deals and your team and you and your portfolio are going to be a lot happier. So that is awesome. So Brian, how do people get a hold of you? How do they find you? How do they be in your world? YouTube. I have a little YouTube channel as well. I don't put out as much awesome content as Brent. Uh, I, I need think, to get I, consistent. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I it's, need re- to it's really good. My videos, but, uh, I think I'm most active on Instagram and man, I, I've, I've been addicted to Clubhouse. So <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So guys, yeah. definitely follow him on Clubhouse. It'll, it'll alert when he's on there and you can go in there and, uh, and pick his brain and, and get some really, really, really great questions answered. And then obviously follow him on Instagram and check out his uh, YouTube channel. So Brian, Thank you so much, man. That was absolutely incredible. I, it, I thought I think you brought a lot of like real, 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 you know, instruction to this. So thank you so much. I know the audience loved it. Yeah, so. Thank you for all your content, man. I love your channel, man. Thank you. All right. See you, Brian. Thank you. And if you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out the testimonials. You're going to have to scroll for a long time because nobody has more. We have the absolute best people in the program, but I'd love to work with you one-on-one. That's what it's all about. It's about the mentorship. Check that out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call and that's it. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.